we can write our questions, prayerfully prepare, and every time is my experience, my questions have been answered. And that's what I love about conference. Well, it's that time of year again. Whether you're getting your notebook and pens together, planning a viewing with family or friends, or just looking forward to a rest from church, General Conference Weekend is upon us. This is a special time for members of our church, a time where we gather to hear messages from our prophet, apostles, and other church leaders. And if we listen intently with faith that God will speak to us, it can be, as President Nelson has promised, an unforgettable experience. In this episode, I'm joined by Linda Hart, a wife, mother, devoted seminary teacher known for her occasional teenage antics, and the ultimate General Conference hype girl. Linda shares how she prepares to hear the messages at General Conference, some of her favorite talks from this October session, and how we can make the most of this unique weekend. My name is Maddie Sterling, and this is Choosing Faith, a podcast where we talk with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and explore what it's really like to live and continuously choose a life of faith across Australia and New Zealand. Today, Linda is tuning in from Sydney and she's on the verge of freedom after about 100 days in lockdown. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me, Matt. Um, And thank you for focusing this journey that you're going on with Stories of Faith. I think it's awesome what you're doing. It's been so good. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's been a really good project for me. I mean, I feel like I get a lot out of it in speaking to each guest. I learn something new each time. That's so good. How are you feeling about getting out of uh, lockdown? I seriously can't wait. I'm ready to scratch the walls open and my husband wants it to stay like this forever. So we're very different. (laughs) (laughs) I would have, I'd be insane by now. Not someone you'd want to be living with, that's for sure. I get still to go to work every day, so I'm pretty lucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, how about you tell me a bit about yourself before we get into it? We're going to be talking about general conference today, and I'm really excited because I love conference, and I know you do too. hundred percent. Um, <laughs> but let's, you know, for those who aren't familiar with who you are, tell me a bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm the oldest of seven children. Um, I was born a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, I had four children of my own, three of which are married. One's just returned off a mission, and I have four beautiful grandchildren. And I love working. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen you relax, ever. You just go, go, go. (laughs) Yeah, probably got some kind of ADHD that's never been diagnosed, but I seriously feel like, yeah, I don't know how to relax. Especially when it comes to general conference, it seems. (laughs) Now... If there's anyone listening who doesn't really know what general conference is or um, who kind of might be new to the church and this is their first time experiencing it, thought we should maybe give a bit of an overview. So I just had a look at the church website today to see what they say about it and I'll just read a little bit from there. So general conference is the worldwide gathering of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Twice a year, during the first weekend of April and the first weekend of October, church leaders from around the world share messages or sermons focusing on the living Christ and his gospel. So people tune in to hear how to find peace, hope, and joy in Jesus Christ, and how to receive personal guidance and inspiration from God. And anyone, regardless of what faith or belief you hold to, is welcome to watch, listen, and participate. This actually has been happening 
Well, it's a tradition in our faith, right? We've, yeah. It's been happening ever since the church was restored. The first one was um, in Fayette, New York, the 9th of June, 1930. Before um, the 19th century, it was only cancelled twice. And then after the 19th century, it was cancelled once. And believe it or not, it was in 1957 because of the Asian flu. That's what <sighs> it was called, influenza. Wow. Um, uh, that was the Asian flu. And then... Um, in 1919, it was it had influenza, which postponed it and just moved it till June. So other than that, it's always been twice a year, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's really special. It's actually quite a significant time when you understand the history behind it and what it means to people, what you can get out of it. Why do you love conference so much? Uh, do you know what? I think it started when I was young and my dad was, ushering when President Spencer W. Kimball came to New Zealand and during the closing prayer, so not appropriate, but during the closing prayer, he snuck us out to the bus where the brethren would be getting on. And I remember we shook President Spencer W. Kimball's hand and I remember feeling just the power of that. And, and I, I must have been before I turned eight because I wrote him a letter and he wrote back telling me to continue to learn the Articles of Faith um, before I was baptized, so it must have been then. But it it always resonated with me, and I always felt like what a humbling experience it was to be in the presence of a prophet of God. And and that's what I love about conference. We receive modern day revelation, and we're led by a living prophet. And then we hear from apostles, student authorities, and other leaders. And you know, we can write our questions prayerfully prepare and every time is my experience my questions have been answered and it's incredible to me that those come direct from Jesus Christ like I feel inspired to change I feel better and the messages are always simplistic but always focused on the saviour and that's what I love about it the most like I I love conference it drives everyone nuts but I love it (laughs) as they wish I would just about it. But I just, there's so much power in it. There absolutely is. Now, the, the speakers at conference, they are the leaders of our church, men and women who volunteer their time and energy to uh, preach the word of God, essentially, and to, to help the church grow. They're the ones who are speaking, and yet we believe that their messages come from God. Can you explain how you think that works? I think that they have that personal relationship with the Saviour. So I believe that they are having, they have revelation on behalf of us. We know that um, our living prophet has the keys of the priesthood and we believe that the priesthood um, is the power of God here on earth. Right. And so with that personal connection to the Saviour, the talks they prepare, we believe, contain messages the Lord would want us to hear. The church actually published an article about this process in the last week where they explained how it all works. Speakers are selected about five months prior, but they are rarely given a topic. This means that as listeners, we get to hear a wide range of messages, which gives us the opportunity to find the answers to our questions. So it's a pretty cool process. That's so good. So you said that drives everyone in your family nuts how much you love conference. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? I mean, do you have a big family tradition do you make them listen to Motab for 24 hours beforehand? <laughs> What's the deal? 
Um, like when we could go to the chapel, we always went to the chapel for the Sunday sessions and then Saturday we would watch at home. I just kind of do them a lolly bag and give them a journal and hope that they write something down. <laughs> that was when they were younger? No, I still do it now. I still expect them to write it down. I think that's why they're glad they live in different homes. But <laughs> when my son was on a mission, he actually shared an experience with me with a talk they had from out of bed now. And he said, it's import- more important to write our feelings and impressions rather than writing notes. And he referred to notes like being the larger plates of the Book of Mormon rather than the smaller plates, which is the things that we need to change about ourselves. Yeah, from that moment on, I changed how I how I wrote things. Because before then, I would just kind of take notes of this, this, and, and he'd go, yeah, but mum, it's on your phone. You just, you need to be recording your feelings and impressions. Yeah, we're really lucky now that they publish the talks almost immediately. So I guess we don't have that pressure anymore to, yeah, to no, record so it in the exact way, but rather taking the time to think about or focus on, all right, what am I feeling? What is the spirit telling me? Yeah. Well, you did tell me that you take time off work to watch all the sessions. I do because I need to watch it live and and they mock me for that too. What kind of a difference do you think that makes? Like do you feel more connected to the messages in some way? Um, No, I think I just like to – it's like, you know, when you get a present at Christmas and you want to be the first one to open it, I think I'm like that. <laughs> well, I don't know if this is maybe has something to do with it for you, but uh, Jesse and I last year when they had their 200th anniversary, that special conference, we got up for that and watched that live at 2 in the morning, and it was pretty special. There was something yeah. different about it. There was almost that sense of Christmas Eve magic in the air. Yeah. The sacred grove really came alive, right? Yeah. You just felt that really, yeah, that was that was pretty special. Do you do anything to prepare spiritually for conference? Because I know that this is something a lot of people wonder about. Well, for me, preparation is key. I, I just take a quick inventory on where I'm at, um, what needs to change um, in my life or uh, questions that I've had. And then I have full faith and trust that the Holy Ghost will be a witness as they speak to me of the truth that I need to hear and the inspired messages that have been prepared. And because I do that, each time I feel that they're specific, specifically targeted at me. It's a really interesting concept, that inventory. I don't know if I've ever thought about it in that way. I've definitely gotten with questions, but I like the whole idea of evaluating where you're at at the moment. You obviously have found a rhythm of conference that works for you and you look forward to it and enjoy it. I'm sure that there are some parents out there who just groan at that because they've got little kids or teenagers who just, they can't get to watch it. But you've been a seminary teacher for a number of years and you somehow have this hold over the kids, this power. (laughs) They love you. They adore you. And you make the gospel fun to them. What have you done to, to kind of change their view of general conference, which is so boring? Well, I do the same thing. I tell them to prepare for a revelatory experience that is personal to them. And there's so much power when they do that. An experience I had the very first year I was seminary teacher is um, Elder Nelson. He was a general authority then, I mean, uh, one of the 12 apostles. He was coming to Australia and 
I knew my husband works for the church, so I knew that my husband had his itinerary. So I told my seminary class, I'm actually going to steal that out of his bag and I'm going to see when the prophet's going to the chapel to meet with the missionaries and we're just going to happen to be there so that you can meet them. And they were like, <laughs> oh, cool, cool, let's do it, let's do it. And I said, yep, yeah. so that's what I'm going to do. Anyway, so I stole, stole it out of his bag and then I got consumed with guilt and thought, oh, what if he gets fired or something? Okay, I need to put it back. So I put it back and then I said to the kids, oh, I couldn't go through with it. I actually felt really bad. And they were like, you know, pretty ticked off. Like, oh, we were looking forward to it. So I said, well, you know what? Let's just go down to the chapel anyway. We'll hide out in one of the classrooms and we'll just wait. And hopefully we'll like we'll get to see him. So we were playing all these scenarios like he was going to come into this room all these big major things were going to happen, what we were going to say and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, while we were doing that, he'd actually slipped past us and he was already in the chapel. So nothing happened. So we were sitting there and we decided to turn on the overhead microphone so at least we could hear him speaking to the missionaries. And then one of the other guys that was working, you know, on the security, he found us in the classroom and we were like... Oh, we're busted now. Yeah. But he, he said, well, why don't you come in and stand at the back of the chapel in the rec hall so that you can see and hear him? So he took us in there. And then another one of the guys came and said, look, I'm going to ask the security team if maybe your class can go up and shake his hand after the missionaries. Anyway, they came back and said no. But something amazing happened that day, Maddie. So we had um, focus. Um, on his talk, because we knew he was coming, we focused on his 2013 talk, Catch the Wave, which was all about missionary work. And then as the missionaries went up to shake Elder Nelson's hand, well, Prophet now, but then, they, before they went back to their seat, they came past and shook every one of my kids' hands mm. and then went and sat in their seat. And I can't even tell you the feeling that that felt. We had just listened to his conference talk, Catch the Wave, and then they had this experience where they found the majestic, they felt that majestic power of these young men and young women being part of the Lord's Battalion come past and shake each of their hands and sit in the chair. It was so moving that we actually couldn't, they couldn't go to school. We all had to go get a hot oh, chocolate and just kind of <laughs> talk about what had happened. But the most powerful thing to me after that was that they all went to school and they had to explain why they were late. And they all said we had met an apostle of the Lord. And that whole class served a mission. Wow. It was an amazing experience. So no, we didn't get to actually shake out an wow. Nelson's hand, but they they lived one of his talks, what he was talking about. Yeah, that's awesome. What, uh, just imagining you sneaking into the chapel trying to see the prophet. But then kind of the takeaway that you, you had was, well, his message is the same wherever he is, even if he's you know, on the other side of the world, we can still feel that same spirit from his words. And I guess that's what conference is for us. Have you ever had any times where you've, you know, watch conference and had one of those really big moments. You know, some people say, oh, I had this prompting that we should have a baby or something. Or has it been smaller, simpler corrections for you? Uh, mine have been small. Um, the most 
profound for me was probably last year. COVID hit, like the first time COVID hit, and I was retrenched, um, and I just couldn't get a job. And I was like, why can't I get a job? And so my questions for conference were, why can't I get a job? And then I just kept coming back to that. President Nelson talked about letting God prevail in our life, and, and quite a few other speakers um, spoke about it as well. And I really had to do that to let go of right control and just in the Lord's timing, not in my timing, which was really hard for me. I think March 30th was my last day I worked, and then I got a job at the end of September. But during that period, you know, my husband had had some health issues and we needed I needed to be around. So when I look back, it was for my good. But during that, that because I had those questions in April in conference and I felt that they had been answered, I just had a sense of calm. It's hard to explain. No, I think you've explained it well. Thanks for sharing that. Do you have a favourite talk from the last session that we've just had? I did have a favourite talk. Um, and that was out of balance. I loved it because that, that's my favourite scene in the New Testament is when the Saviour comes and they're fishing and tells them to throw it on the other side and then they catch fish and then they recognise that it's him. So they come rushing in and he's sitting with Simon Peter and he says, love us thou me more than these. Yeah, it was a beautiful talk. Um, maybe... Uh, Just a quick recap for those who haven't listened. Elder Ballard spoke about that scriptural account when Jesus Christ has been resurrected and his disciples are pretty lost, right? They Mm. have no idea what's going on because their Savior just died and they don't really understand the significance of when he said he would rise again. And they're, they're out there fishing. But obviously Christ had a much bigger job for them to do after he died to carry on the gospel, to preach the gospel. And he had to pull them away from the things that they liked to do and then question Peter and ask him, first of all, like, what are you doing? And secondly, do you love me? Are you sure you love me? (laughs) Are you sure you love me? Well, if so, I've got a work for you to do. And I I love that because Peter's saying to him, of course I do. You know I do. Like three times the Lord has to say it. but And that's how sometimes I feel it is with me. Sometimes he has to tell me over and over because, out of Ballard said, how busy are we? What competes with our time? Do I love the Lord more than I love my things? And he reminded me that joy, happiness and peace only comes through our Saviour Jesus Christ. It is, as you said, it's such a beautiful story, but it's interesting hearing it from an apostle in this modern day because, Mm. right, there's so much distraction that we have. Yeah, and it's easy, right? And it's not, for some of us, they're not bad distractions. Like it, it could be employment, it could be education, it could be, you know, renovating. It's not that they're, they're bad, but it's just, I think one of the other brethren said that, are we willing to make the Lord a part, Henry B. Iring said it, are we willing to make the Lord that main influence in our life? Yeah, definitely food for thought. Now, I've only listened to Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, and a bit of Saturday evening. I'm waiting for the weekend because I'm going to watch it with some friends on Sunday. We're going to have pancakes. and That's a Thornton tradition. It is the Thornton tradition. So I'm awesome. just going to do it by myself while, you know, Good on families, you. we're separated by borders. They'll be very proud of you doing that, Matt. <laughs> they will. 
But I, yeah, so I was thinking about President Nelson's opening to conference and he kind of talks about the purpose of it. You know, he does his beautiful welcome. Whoever's listening, welcome to conference. And I just wanted to read out something that he said. He goes, I invite you to listen for three things during this conference. Pure truth, the pure doctrine of Christ, and pure revelation. Contrary to the doubts of some, there really is such a thing as right and wrong. There really is absolute truth, eternal truth. And I assure you that what you will hear today and tomorrow constitutes pure truth. Yeah. I just I just loved that. I think it was really comforting for me to hear because I guess in my subconscious inventory that I did was just reflecting on the tumultuous 18 months that we've had or nearly two years now where there's been so much debate, right, over what is right and what is wrong. We've seen arguments over who should be president or whether COVID is real and whether vaccines are safe or not. And it's just something that has caused me a lot of personal anguish. Mm. And, yeah. you know, we, we hear like those phrases, live your truth or I'm speaking my truth, but that just gets confusing because it takes away yeah. the meaning of what truth really is. That's right. So I just, I just love that he was so clear in telling us that truth absolutely exists. And secondly, there is a source which, you know, isn't motivated by any political agenda or financial benefit that we can turn to to find truth. And that source is General Conference. Yeah. Because he also said after that, he explained that um, pure revelation for the questions that you have in your heart will make this conference rewarding and unforgettable. But I guess that depends on whether we go into it with an open heart to remember it in the first place. I'm, I'm excited to listen to the rest. I can hear that you've really enjoyed it. Do you have any last-minute tips for people who haven't watched conference yet? How could they make the most out of this weekend? Um, there's a couple that ask a few key questions. There was a good one by Dylan H. Oates. I felt like I was getting told off because I was saying to myself, I don't need to go back to church. Church at home is actually working for me. It's awesome. And then I felt like he said, okay, calm Actually, church is um, very important. <laughs> well, he didn't say yeah, but I felt like it was a really big growling. Like, you don't go to church to be served. You go to serve. Like, it was so in my face. You need to support this out. Um, and then um, out of Renland, he talked about contention, especially with COVID and the global stress test and the spirit of contention and how it was, you know, so alive at the moment. Like you said, with all the things that are going on, do we get vaccinated? Don't we? You know, so he kind of touched on that, which is really awesome. And Camille Johnson said, what is your story? Like, do a self-assessment. And is Jesus Christ the author of your story? Like, there's so, so many, many good ones. Like, it, there's so many good ones. Right. So it sounds like no matter what you're going through, there's going to be something for you this weekend. There's something yep. here. 100%. Yep. I love it. Well, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I'm excited to eat my pancakes and listen to Motab. I don't know about you, but I don't actually listen to much Motab in between conferences. I have like other other Christian no, music, but when I hear that sweet operatic singing, there's a special feeling. It is a bit like Christmas. But you know what? Wait till you hear I Will Follow God's Plan when they sing that one. It's very powerful. Okay. 
note to everyone listening, listen out for I Will Follow God's Plan. So beautiful. Oh, well, thanks so much for joining, Linda. It's been awesome just to feel the buzz, feel the energy through your love for conference. And I hope that people listening can kind of get a sense of that same spirit. And as you've said, it can be a life-altering experience, an unforgettable experience to use President Nelson's words if we look at it in the right way and if we prepare for it. So I'm hoping that we'll, we'll find something. I think we need it now more than ever is some guidance directly from God. I agree. Thank you for having me, Matt, and thank you for focusing on General Conference. It's so awesome. Well, final question then. You've talked today about needing to have faith when you go to General Conference to hear, to trust that. God will be able to answer your prayers through some of the messages at General Conference. What does choosing faith mean to you? To me, faith isn't a one-time choice. It's a practice. And it was that same faith that took a young Joseph Smith um, to act on faith and ask which church was true. Um, It's that same faith that my seminary kids have when they get up every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning to hear about an hour of instruction from a block of scripture, which is which is a huge sacrifice when you think of their age and that faith that requires faith, and then you look at like missionaries like yourself, like my children, um, and all the other missionaries out there. It requires faith to be able to say, "I'm going to go and leave home again." Those pivotal moments in your life when you're about to start university or a family or whatever it is, and you go off and you serve the Lord for that period of time. So it's about choosing to have faith. And sometimes it's hard to have faith. I've had times where, you know, it's been difficult. But again, it'll be answered in conference. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Whether you've watched conference already or are planning to this weekend, I hope you feel reinvigorated to go study the talks that have come from our prophets and apostles. If you enjoyed this episode or have any suggestions for me, feel free to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. I love getting your feedback. Hope you enjoy this weekend. Till next time.